The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball Heat Podcast, where you've got to stay together if you've got the guts. I'm your host for today, Ben Tovia, aka CarmicBeat7193. And staying with me, staying together with me, because he does have the guts, is my wonderful co-host, Luke Josh Weber, aka just Luke. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing all right. I'm glad we're uh, staying together. We, uh, we really got those guts. Gotta have them. Listen, if you're a Heat fan, you've got to have the guts. Um, And the guys we're going to be talking about today, well, we're going to see if they've got the guts. We are doing a – I'll I'll just go into it. We are doing a show today on the guards of this team. We're going to be going through a few different episodes here. This will be a multi-part series where we go through the guards, the wings, and the bigs of this team. Um. The guys who were on the roster this past year, whether or not we want to see them come back, what we would expect from them, and a couple trade targets here and there because, you know, that's always fun. Offseason is just a couple weeks away, so we've got to stay on top of it, you know? Yeah, here in Cancun, we are checking out the guards. We're making sure uh, that the guards all have what it takes, and because some of them do not, in another part of this series, we will be checking out those fine targets and uh, some fine additions that could be added on to the team. You never know. There might be a special guest in there somewhere along the way. But Maybe. We'll get to that when it comes. Um, but this is the NBA. There's always news, especially with the Heat. So um, I think the big news this week uh, – is Olympic friendlies have started, Luke. Olympics! Yes, sir. So, these Olympics, we have not one, not two, not three, not four. Oh, yeah, we have four. We have four Olympians. Three heat players on Nigerian national team in uh, Gabe, uh, Vincent, Mondi, or... Uh, Abe Namdi Vincent. Namdi Vincent. Um, we should start calling him that from now on if he's going to play like that. Um, we'll get to that. Then we've got KZ, the going to be KZ whether or not he's in the Miami. Uh, Okpala. And last but not least, we've got Precious, the temporary highlight show, Matua. Yes, and of course on Team USA we've got um, All Star, star in general, Bam Adebayo, which great opportunity for him. Uh, Luke, do you want to start with uh, one of the Niger- guys on the Nigerian team, or do you want to start with Bam? Gabe Vincent, uh, Gabe Namandi. Yeah, I, we, can, we can start with Gabe. What is this? I mean, he can shoot, he can defend, he can do the basketball stuff. And I know that the Olympics are different. I know that's an exhibition, but I mean, just look at him. He looks delightful. He looks incredible. If he can shoot that way during the regular season, then, I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I think the, the, some stuff to note. So in the first um, exhibition game against Team USA, uh, Gabe had 21 points, uh, shot six of eight from three. I think the um, the biggest thing that I've noticed about this Nigerian team, they run an offense very similar to Miami's offense. There's a lot of dribble handoffs, a lot of motion looking for shooters on the perimeter. Um, it worked really well in that game. Gabe fit uh, right in. Gabe fit right in. He. I think the shorter three-point line definitely helped him find a rhythm, um, though he was taking some long ones. Um, and he just – he looked really confident, uh, and I thought that was really cool. Currently, I will say I'm watching uh, on my screen. I'm seeing um, Australia and Nigeria playing right now. Uh, Australia is up 30 with three minutes left in the third quarter. So, you know, 
it might not always work out, but uh, credits to Mike Brown for running a, a really tight ship on that team. It's they look good. Um, you mind if I take the next guy? Go for it. Go for it. Although um, if it's who I think it is, I'm not sure this is that great. Well, I mean, I want to talk about Precious for a bit, actually. Oh man! Um, All right. Uh, we can talk. Listen, I am really pleasantly surprised by everything I'm seeing. Just first of all, just looking at him visually, he is he's put on some muscle. He looks just physically more imposing. Um, he's clearly been putting in the work this offseason to just get bigger, get stronger, and it's you know it's it's really paying off. Basketball wise, um, you know he looks more aggressive as a rim runner. Uh, he had that incredible block on Kevin Durant. Um, that you know that's. No matter how his career goes from here, that's going to be a career-defining moment for him because, you know, KD's one of those all-time guys. Uh, you know, we saw him shooting threes. Mike Brown was talking about him shooting threes. I, I think he looks really good. Yeah, and obviously uh, we love to talk about the highlight stuff. I know most NBA fans are saying, oh, well, who's that guy? Well, he's the guy who blocked Kevin Durant. Um, from my own eyes, what I'm seeing from him is proof that of what we already knew, that this guy literally had no experience coming into the NBA, had no summer league, had no March Madness tournament, had a little bit of college, and then was thrust onto a team that was competing in the playoffs. And now we're seeing what happens when you take a guy who has that raw talent and is pretty freaking good, and let him develop a bit. And we're seeing him, I'm not sure how great he'll be, how, what he'll be going forward. My expectations are not that high, but we're seeing this is somebody who can slowly turn into an NBA player. Yeah, um, I think it's important to note, he didn't, he's like some of these other guys who came out of these, you know, um, African countries where like, you know, he didn't start playing. Like I know this, the one a lot of people like to point to is Pascal Siakam didn't start playing basketball till a really late age. Precious, I, I believe until he, he didn't start playing basketball until he was 14 or so. So like, he's not been playing the game for very long. Yeah. And um, I think last year we could clearly see that. Yeah. He's, he's super wrong. You can see wrong. how, I mean, it, it was just him being lost on certain defenses and offense. And really, uh, the, the whole time he was on the court, he didn't exactly know where he was supposed to be. But he's clearly developing this, this stuff that gets better with age. We'll see what happens. But I'm pretty confident at this point. Yeah. And again, I just I want to give a lot of credit to Mike Brown. Um, he's like, it, he feels like he's doing a lot of good for these young guys. Because this Nigerian team is full of young NBA talent, NBA-level talent. They've got, I believe, seven guys in the league on the roster. Um, they're a yeah. fun team. They play hard. But um, Absolutely. But, uh, Luke, how about you take the last Heat player on the Nigerian roster? Wow, you're going to stick me with the uh, – okay, okay. Speaking of sticks, Casey uh, Akala. It's not now, all been bad. I mean, his defense has been fine. I thought he played from what I I wasn't able to watch their game against um, Argentina yesterday, but from what I heard, it was pretty good. His defense is pretty good. Uh, plus three, uh, plus minus in the Nigeria USA game, guarded uh, opposing players pretty well. Um, I think my issue that I take here is. When you go from being a third stringer on a contending team to being the starting guy on a team where there's really no NBA stardom, you should start to look better. You should be taking more control of the ball. You should be helping and trying to make a big impact on the game. 
And that's not something I can say about the way that he played. I mean, it looked, he, he, he looked exactly the same way he looked when he came off the heat bench and was feeding the ball to Jimmy and was kind of just doing this thing defensively and not knowing what to do on offense. So I'm not saying that I would, that he necessarily did anything much worse. I think the problem is that you, probably should look a bit better when you're playing on a worse team. That's true, and that's fair. Um, I think there were a few plays, offensively at least, um, where with where he would be running something with specifically like Precious or Gabe where he looked like comfortable, which makes sense because these are guys, you know, he's been working with Gabe, Gabe specifically for, you know, a couple of years now, um, Precious for about a year. Uh, well, less obviously, but I think for the most part, yeah, he still looks a little bit lost out there. He just needs time to develop, I think, as well. Like, he has all the measurables to be a really, really good NBA player. Time to develop, do you mean like two years? Exactly. I think, I think summer league, um, playing against you know, because to be fair, like these Olympic teams, the, the the other nations in the world are better than they've ever been right now. There's NBA talent everywhere. Like, they are, but I would still take the heat against Nigeria. I, I mean, I guess. But I, my thing is, like, you know, I think give him a summer league, give him a G League, um, and he'll, he'll start to look a bit better. You know? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see with him, but... He didn't play today, and Nigeria has been is now down by thirty six. So, so, yeah. What, you're, what I'm hearing is that they need him because he would make them thirty nine points better. I, I guess. Yeah, it's thirty nine now. Uh, yeah, thirty nine. So that yeah, there you go. He uh, yeah. Kaziak Paul is the difference between beating Team USA headlined by Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard and losing to Australia by 39 points. Okay. I mean, that um, is like the Miami Heat in a nutshell. It really is. I uh, want to take the best for last. I mean, I feel like Gabe might have been the best, honestly, but no, I won't do that. Uh, Bam on Team USA. Um, so Team USA as a whole has been kind of disappointing, right? You know, they lost their first two games. They won. Uh, they beat Argentina by 28 points. And But I do think Bams looked good in all three games. Um, not amazing, but good. Like, he – and I think the biggest reason for that is he's one of the two guys, maybe three, on that team that has a defined role. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's doing the Bam thing. I mean yeah. – Nobody expected, oh, he's going to start putting up 25 points, 30 points per game now that he's playing with Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, no. no, he's doing the BAM thing to an extreme, and it's good for him. Yeah, I mean, good. he's a great defender, great playmaker, and here he gets to feed plays to Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard, which is pretty great. Um, my one concern is just him consistently getting uh, benched late in the game for Dream and Green. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, look, do you understand why they do it for veteran help, for a guy who's familiar with the other players, but at the same time, I don't want to hear anybody say that Draymond Green is a better defender or better anything than Bam. I mean, listen, I will say, you know, these exhibitions – Pop is very much finicky and or he's like tinkering with things, trying to see what works, what doesn't work. Um, the second game, the game against Australia, he started Draymond over Bam, and then today Bam was right back in the starting lineup. So I would imagine that that stays that he stays there going forward. But you know, once the tournament rolls around, I feel like we're going to get a more consistent rotation. Um, I will say for. And, like, to your point about Bam doing the Bam things, on a team full of guys who are bucket getters first and foremost, you need a guy like Bam to be able to facilitate, to be able to rebound, to be able to defend. Um, when a lot of these guys don't do those things, you know, Draymond will, Kevin Love will do to the best of his uh, uh, 
to the best of his mobility, frankly, because <laughs> he's um these FIBA rules about no three second violations are definitely helping him out. Yeah, uh, the, also these FIBA rules about no wheelchairs on the court is really hurting him. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um I think Bam's looked good. I thought he looked really good today. He had um a really nice fadeaway jumper on the baseline. He got he had a really good um like hesitation dribble that got him to the basket and he was able to kick out to a shooter. He's had some nifty passes. He's been playing more in the post. So like he'll be posting a guy up and he's just able to find cutters. So what, so easily it seems he's just, he's such a gifted passer, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen from him. I'm not like blown out of the water. He's not doing anything that I didn't expect really, but like he's, just the fact that he's been able to be around these guys and hopefully is learning from them, I think is going to be really good. Yeah, I agree. And I'm hoping we'll see more of everything come Olympic time. I hope Nigeria and Team USA make big runs so that we get to continue seeing our favorite Heat players. Absolutely. And a quick shout-out to uh, the Slovenian national team and former Heat player Zoran Dragic, brother of current Heat player Goran Dragic. Okay. Uh, speaking of Goran Dragic, I think, yeah, Luke, if, if it's all right with you, how about we move on to the meat of our episode? All right, the three-on-three. Three. We have both prepared analyses, analysis, analyses, of the Miami Heat guard rotation. And with the first pick of the Miami Heat point guard draft, Ben Tobias Lex. So um, how about we start with the guy who's probably given the most discussion um, uh, over this offseason and, you know, the most questions about his future with the team. Uh, Tyler here. And the best cereal. And the well, well, hold on. I I've, I've got y'all. You guys can't. Oh see my this, god! You I've, still got it. I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm holding up a box um, of of Tyler Hero's cereal right now. But once um, we get on a YouTube, we'll, we'll be able to show that. <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, so, Luke, I guess first question for me to you: Would you ra- do you want to see Tyler Hero on this team again next season? I want to see Tyler Hero again on this team. But there are some players I would rather see on this team. That is, that's fair. Okay, that's a fair way of looking at it. Um, like, would, would I sell him for some picks? Would I sell him for a bag of chips? Would I sell him for a fax machine? No, I do not want. I'm not one of the get him off of this team people. I'm. I'd love to have him back, but if it comes between. Do we want Tyler on this team, or do we want... Or potentially some of the trade targets that we'll talk about on later on. I think there's a reason why Tyler is on the block. Sure, absolutely. He, um, so my answer is probably the same as yours, I think. Or it, it is the same as yours, really, is if they can get a guy who you know is obviously better than him then yeah get that go get that guy if if you if you have to trade him to get it but if you know if you're trading him for like i don't know i'm just gonna throw out a random name Corey joseph like i wouldn't trade tyler hero for Corey joseph tyler hero is a better player than Corey joseph when you had to choose Corey joseph <laughs> he was the first name that came to mind um although you think listen, an average point guard that's the first player you think of I, I, I mean, I guess, like, sort of below, sort of, av- I guess, kind of average point guard. Yeah, Corey Joseph is there. but I um, think of Alfred Payton. That's fair. Um, I mean, he's starting for the next, but this isn't a next show. Let's, but Tyler, um, I guess my thing with him is he, I think he's going to have a really long career, you know, a successful one. He's the kind of player archetype that, will always be needed. He's a, he's a pure scorer. Um, like he's a guy who's going to take a lot of shots and theoretically score a lot of points. There's always room for that in the league. There's always room for points. Yeah. So, okay. My question to you, Luke now is if Tyler were to come back next season, what's one thing you would want him to add to his game could be offensively or defensively. Okay. Let me put or it just a way. physical thing. 
I don't really care if he can't play point guard because I'm hoping that we won't need him to play point guard. I don't care if his ball handling is good, whatever. What I want at this point is I want him to be able to shoot. I mean, his shot last year from the three-point line, um, I think 36%. Which is uh, fine. It's around the average. Fine, but... I mean, we we want shooters on this team, especially um, since the Heat have have to start Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, neither of which seems to be getting a consistent three point shot anytime soon. They need to make sure that if they have a starting shooting guard on this team, which uh, I want. I want Tyler to be able to start, first of all, but I think we'll talk about that later on in a different episode when we talk about trade targets and potentially the guard that he'd be knocking out of the rotation or wing, as you say, he'd be knocking out of the rotation and Duncan Robinson. But I want Hero to have the confidence in his shot and the ability in his shot so that he can, if not, fill that role. Because, look, he's not Dr. Robinson. They're completely different players. Yeah. But to be a good enough shooter to do that job. Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, for me, something I want to see him do is I want him to bulk up, put a little muscle on. Um because he's a guy – one, he's a guy who likes to drive and, you know, he gets to his pull-up game. But I think something that could really help him take his game to another level is if he can start getting to the free throw line, you know? So if he can get some muscle on there so he can take some contact and get to the line, like that, you know, that can legitimately turn him into a three-level scorer, which is something this team desperately needs. And if he's going to be here, they want him to be able to score at every level. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. So, yeah. Um, who, is the, who is the next guy, Luke? Who's your first pick? My first pick? So, it's, it's a very sad first pick. And I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. Mm. There is a player who was honestly one of my favorite players in the league. When he was in Indiana, even back when he was in Orlando, Oklahoma City, I was always a big fan of this guy. But the one thing that I was always a big fan of was his explosiveness. And it's going to be very, very difficult for Victor Oladipo to be explosive without a functioning knee on him. We saw this a lot with our our our, our Lord and Savior, Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Uh, um, Oladipo, I mean, four games, averaging 12 points, I mean. He was starting to, okay, so let's, let's do it the same. Let's keep this formula going, Luke. Would you yeah. want him back on this team next year in any way? I want him back, but we're also, we're looking at a player right now. who could be essentially nothing. We're talking about a guy who was supposed to be out for a couple weeks, then a couple months, then potentially will miss the entire next season. If he could sign him to a contract on the mid-level exception. Yeah, a prove-it type thing? A prove-it type thing. A one-year contract prove it if he's there at all even that is risky because think about how much money that is that you're wasting on a player who might not even play yeah i think if this guy is going to be available and as some people are saying be back by november yeah if we can get 70 percent of victor oladipo then that's something to be at least a little bit interested in but when you look at the at the world out there and the other targets that we will discuss, it's a bit it's a tough pill to swallow that you're gonna pay a lot of money to a guy who at best is 
a, a faded athletic player because his shot is fine. It's nothing ridiculous. His defense was incredible, but how quick will his feet be? There's just too many questions to pay him big-time money. Obviously, I'd love to have him back on the team, but it really depends on what he thinks of himself and what he'll be on the open market. Personally, I don't see a team taking that gamble. And so I'm hoping that he ends up coming to us on a lower offer because I, don't, I just I just don't I can't imagine a team deciding I'm going to pay this guy um, who really has no uh, has no clear sign of when he's going to return. So I, I think I'm going to end it with that. I want him back, but not at the cost it will most likely take. Uh, I want to ask you the next question, which is, let's say he comes back. What would he have to do for him to, if let's say he comes back on a contract, a proof of deal with a mid-level exception, what would he have to do to deserve that deal? Um, Well, first thing I would want him to, you know, for him to get that kind of deal, you know, knowing the way this organization works, it would be a joint decision between Pat, Spo, and Jimmy. If those three, if he is able to prove it, if he's able to get those three to commit to him in a way where he gets signed again next year, first of all, first of all, they have to renounce his rights um, starting at the start of free agency because it's a like giant, like 30 plus million cap hit. So they, yeah. so like first things first, they they will have to renounce his rights no matter what. But if they bring him back and he's able to prove it to them, like I would want him to be able to come back at some point. I believe the range is November to February is where they think he could be back by, and just contribute. Doesn't have to be incredible. Doesn't have to be twenty five points a night. Just contribute. Come in, score, get to the rim at, at a couple times, play some defense. You know facilitate a little bit that's about you know not a lot not for a long time just do a little bit you know for sure so with the third pick of the draft the Miami Heat um backcourt rotation draft Bentovia selects so let's go with not a lot of people know this my second favorite player heat player my second favorite heat player ever behind obviously Dwayne Wade um, is Goran Dragic. Bogey. And I, I have a Goran jersey, a black one. Um, I got it uh, this past December after that magnificent um, run in the playoffs that he had. Um, came out the gate firing this year, played really well, got hurt a bunch. I got COVID, I think, or got COVID tracing something. I don't remember. It, this season was a mess, but... I, if Goran is not back next year, then the Heat have made a move. We know that. We know the only reason, or or he just got paid an outrageous amount of money by another team, right? He would be. They're not. If they accept his team option, it's going to be to trade him, because it's nineteen million dollars, and I know they don't want to pay him that. But if they bring him back on a smaller deal, absolutely. I'd love to have him back personally because I love the guy. He's a fantastic player um, when he's healthy. And he's just a, a, he's a great guy. Like, the fans love him. His teammates love him. I think he, you know, the org- we know the organization loves him. Um, Luke, would you want to see Goran Dragic back next year? Man, it would be sad to see him go. It really would. I mean, when we talk about the heat history of the last six years, the only silver lining of several seasons was we had Gordon. I remember once Chris Bosch went down and Dwayne Wade left for Chicago, whenever somebody asked me who's the best player on the heat, I gotta throw out Goran Dragic, yeah. and 
I remember there were times where it sucked to have him as our only guy to um, just kind of suffer as he got nominated to the All-Star team and our team just kind of followed behind him and it's kind of very upsetting and disappointing fashion, but ultimately this is our guy. Mm-hmm. This guy has been there for us, even though we haven't always been there for him. And he's really a staple of everything that he'd like to do. Yeah. And especially when we look back at that 2020 finals run, we talk about how much Jimmy gave Goran practically ended his career in that bubble. In terms of his, let's not let's not say that yet. You know, okay, well, that's not what I mean. But I mean, Goran Dragic legitimately played like an all star in the bubble. People don't remember that, averaging twenty two points per game, scoring pretty much whenever he wanted to, breathing fire. I mean, you want to know why we got to the finals? Because, I mean, among many other things, there's no way that he get to the finals that year if Goran Dragic doesn't go nuclear. And that was sort of the grand finale of his stardom. And since then, he's um, soared not so smoothly into the later stages of his career. And, I mean, um, Luke, it's been nine months. Like, you know, it hasn't been that long. I know, but I mean, you you see him play this year at times where he looked like he had never played basketball before in certain defensive possessions. Yeah. And, and you can tell that there's something different. We broke Goran. I mean, so, you know, to your point, he, outside of Udonis Haslam, is the longest tenured Heat player currently on the roster. Um, he's been here since mid the middle of the 2014-2015 season. Wow. It, it's been a long time. Bring back Norris Cole. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... No, we can't, we can't talk... That's a different show. We can't... Um, but no, I think, you know, I, would, I wouldn't mind having him back. Um, if you have to trade him to get, you know, a bigger piece, then you got to do what you got to do to get better. But he... You know, in my opinion, the greatest point guard in Heat history. He'll always be welcome down here. Um, you know, I think he's... Okay, okay, player. come on. Greatest point guard, I mean... Listen, Tim Hardaway never got to the finals. Like, no disrespect. Just didn't happen. Um, okay, Tim Hardaway never got to the finals, but at the same time, like... Like, Gordon Drag- like Tim Hardaway didn't have Bam and Jimmy. He had Zoe, he had Mashburn, he had PJ Brown. Like, these are all great players, but that's a different argument. Um, so, Luke, if Goran were to come back next year, what's something you'd want to see out of him? I want him to rest. I want to put that man in, in, the ice, in a Captain America-style, like, ice chamber and let him come out for the playoffs. And I, I look, I... I don't want to make it sound like I'm slandering Goran or anything because he's also one of my favorite players. But at the same time, he was so incredible in the playoffs in 2020. And if there's any way to recreate that, whether, even if that means saving him throughout the entire regular season and giving him those four months of rest, I mean... You saw what happened when Goran Dragic was fully rested. The only legitimate downhill threat this team has had since, like, LeBron, basically, because Wade lost that burst for a while. Whoa, you're forgetting about Deion Waiters. (laughs) That's true. Deion, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Deion Waiters, one of the best first steps I've ever seen. Hell yeah. But, um, yeah. Personally, I think, yeah, uh, health is something I'd want to see out of him, just if he can stay healthy through a full season, um, which, I mean, I think he could. We just, you know, I think the offseason is going to be good for him, getting a root on his brother and his country. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Luke, who is your next pick? 
All right. So one of my favorite players in on this team, um, not a very popular pick, um, especially given how much slander there's been on him in the past couple of seasons, um, especially when he his name was mentioned alongside Zama Rantz. Kendrick Nunn. I thought you were going to say mentioned alongside Kelly Olenek in a second-round pick. <laughs> That's uh, the package. Um, Kendrick Nunn averaged 14.5 points per game this year. Last year was averaging around that same number. Kendrick Nunn, of the six guards that we're, about to, that we're talking about, highest field goal percentage, highest three-point field goal percentage. Um, I, I think on this team, other than like – uh, other than the, the the big men behind Jimmy, he's the uh, highest field goal percentage, and he actually shoots threes. And I think he's number one behind Duncan Robertson on three. Basically, what I'm saying is the guy can score, and we're not giving him enough credit for that. This guy, we look. He may screw up at times. He may be terrible at defense sometimes, even though he gives the effort when he has to, which I definitely like from him. But he, he's such a likable guy, I, and he's such. Wow. He's got such a likable play style. Um, and I. I, 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 I Okay, I disagree. Likable guy. Okay, I don't mean he's a likable guy because obviously we saw what happened. I mean, in terms of his work ethic. I guess. I mean, so here's the thing. I all that you're saying is is you know the numbers are true. He was did have a really efficient season in that regard. I also think that he's a restricted free agent. Um, that's his. That's his thing. Is that he's he's restricted this summer so that he can in theory match any offer that he gets i just think that like someone's gonna pay him more money than they're willing to like i don't think he's going to be mac next year yeah and i also i want to clear that by what i meant is that as a player as kind of a guy in the gym he's always known to be one of the hardest working guys so that's what i meant when i said he's a likable guy that he's the kind of guy that i want on the i understand i understand hard-nosed and uh, obviously we don't expect to see him back on the team uh, simply because of all the buzz swarming around his name and he are certainly not looking to match any offers out there. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm definitely going to miss him. I think uh, in, in terms of the Heat organization, it was clear that everybody valued him there. It was clear that they admired his... Uh, so, his... Yeah, go for so it. So let's just, let's just do the, you know, let's just do the, the neuro stuff. Um, Personally, I don't think he's going to be back next year. Do I want him back next year? No, I, I kind of don't. I mean, no, no, in terms of you're hoping that we don't need him next year. Well, no, I have a reason why I wouldn't want him back next year. It's because we've seen this two years in a row now where he is, like, unplayable in the playoffs. Okay, well, that, that, that I'm going to have to um, disagree with. Because, I, first of all, I think we can scratch um, um, 2020 simply because the guy had freaking COVID. Hey, go, okay, go. I understand that. But, uh, okay. also, but this year, again, it happened. And it was arguably worse. At least, at least last season, he had Game 5 in the finals where he – was a big part as to why that they were able to win that game in the first half. Um, had I believe eleven points. I know, but if if, if the Heat are going to get rid of everybody who underperformed in the twenty twenty one playoffs, then they're not going to have a team. Sure, no, I I understand that, but here's my problem: he underperformed when he was one of the three guys they needed to perform. Like he was getting the shots that he likes and the shots that they needed him to take and make. And he wasn't taking them, and he wasn't making them. 
you can say that about everybody on the roster. Look, I, I think when you hold twenty, you're don't don't put like a double standard on him that you're gonna uh, um, criticize Kendrick Nunn for twenty twenty one, and then you're just gonna leave everyone else be. I'm I'm not I'm not leaving everyone else be. It's just like it's two years in a row now. Like, I understand the circumstances of, of, of 20, the 2020 playoffs, but, like, he had the starting job going into it, and he got benched in that series. Like, in that Bucks series, he got benched for other guys who didn't show up, but, like, there's a reason for that, you know? I don't know. That's just my thing. But if he were to come back, what would you... What would you want to see from him? I want to see. I think his shot is good, and, and I know that he's already one of the most hard-nosed guys on the roster. But I fully want to see his aggressiveness go up when it comes to going into the paint. Mm. Um, his pull-up is getting better, um, but I want to see him try and draw more fouls. Okay. If for me, if uh if he were to come back, I want to see him more consistently engaged defensively. Because we saw it. There was a there was like a month stretch where he was like averaging like a steal and a half a game. Um he had a really long streak where he was getting like at least one steal every game. So like we've seen when he's engaged defensively, he's got the wingspan, he's got the quick hands, he can get in those passing lanes. I just want to see it more consistently if he were to come back. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think it's my go. Um, yeah, we've got two players next. I think I know which one you're going to go. Yeah. He's a superstar. He is a he's superstar. A superstar. He's a superstar who just lost by 39 points to um, Australia. Uh, still a superstar. Still a superstar. Gabe Namdi Vincent. Gabe Vincent. Um, would I want to see him back next year? Yeah. Yeah, I would, actually, um, because, like, with what he's showing in these exhibition games, like, if he can become a legitimate backup one, um, like, all of a sudden, guys like Tyler Hero become really expendable. If he's a backup one who can shoot at a league average or above clip and defend the way we know he can defend, he makes some of these guards really expendable. Oh, you're absolutely right. I remember I was watching the Argentina game and thinking if if Tyler, I mean, if Gabe played like this every game, then we would not need Tyler. This is like this is how we want Tyler to play. Just be aggressive offensively and just be aggressive defensively. Also. And also like making three point shots. Yeah. Would you want to see him back next year? I would want to see him. I'm not sure I want to see him as a backup, more as a third string who can come okay. in for um, a bit of a plus to the role that he played this year, but That's I'm fair. not exactly sure if he's ready for, you know, like to be our consistent backup um, yeah. third. I, I think, like look, I, would I love to see a couple big Gabe Vincent games if uh, insert name of uh, acquired point guard here is out for a game? Would I love to see Gabe Vincent come in and drop 18? Sure, that'd be incredible. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to get paid this summer. Obviously, the Olympics are going to bring that number up. Well, I think um, he's still he's a two-way – what was it, a two-way guy, or is he still a two – what's his – I don't know what his contract situation is, but I don't. I doubt he's going to be making a ton of money this summer. No, but he, I mean, we're going to probably send him a qualifying offer, but I'm sure that teams are going to go above that. That's the thing. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, well, we'll see though. I don't know if they will. I think he would. I don't know. I'd love to see him back. Um, if there's something I'd want him to add to his game, um, I'm honestly just. Consistency. Consistency is in a shot. That was the biggest thing last season that held him out of being a rotation piece was that he couldn't get consistency in his shot, even though in the G League and in Summer League he shot well. But 
if he can find some consistency, just be league average from three, like that would be great. I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, look, it, it may be uh, too many things to add on, but at, at this time, if we're seeing him more as a point guard than a shooting guard, he does have to get a bit better at playmaking. But at, at the same time, that I mean, that isn't really his thing. I, and I think it's a bit unfair to expect him to have that. Um, so I'm going to just say, make sure that shot stays that good when he comes into the NBA next season, because that was one of the greatest, um, uh, attributes we were looking for with him this year. And he didn't exactly show that. And I was showing it now. I'm just hoping that it sticks. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so the last guy, uh, goes to you, Luke. Oh, um, hey, don't, don't say Oyve. We, I think we both like this guy. Who, Mr. Fourth Quarter? Mr. Fourth Quarter. I mean, I like him, but the idea, like, I see he Twitter saying, oh, well, he's going to replace Duncan Robinson. He's going to be a great shooter. He's not that guy, pal. He's not that guy. Max Struess is, he's fine, okay? He's good. He he can shoot the ball. He can do the stuff. But, I mean, what more do you want out of him? He's not... I don't see him getting any better. And for that reason, I don't see him as a long-term piece for this organization, especially because if all we want is a shooter, then J.J. Redick is out there. Wayne Ellington is out there. Kyle Corver is out there. But... And just, I mean, what do you want from him? Because any anything that you could get from him, you could get more from somebody else who won't be that expensive. How expensive do you think he's going to be? I mean, we're, we're talking about giving him a minimum contract. You're telling me that one of those shooters out there won't take a minimum? I mean, I think, like, for what he gives you, a minimum is, is fine. Like, well, for, would you want to see him back on the roster next year? And are we going to have 17 roster spots again? I guess not. I mean, I listen, I like Max Struess. I think Max Struess is a quality player. I think they were a, he was one of the few places in which they got more than their money's worth last season. Where, like, you know, for him being on a two-way deal, he was able to legitimately contribute in multiple games over the, se- over the course of the season. Um, I, like, you know, I, I think he's fine. Like, he's not, you know, he's a fine shooter. He's a really good off-ball mover. Like, we saw that. He was getting looks at the basket because he was able to cut really well. I think he's good. I'm skeptical um, if he ends up blossoming into the greatest shooter of all time, then I will definitely um, I'll definitely owe you a great debt. But at, at this point, I, I, I'm just not sure what he gives you that you can't get on the market for a minimum. I mean, I guess, but he's already in the system. He knows the system, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know who else knows the system? Wayne Ellington. I, that's true. That's true. But like, I watched that man get played off the floor by JJ Redick in a postseason series. I don't want to see that happen again. And you would rather see Max Struess? The ideal world is where Max Struess doesn't have to play in a playoff series. I know, but we have a guy who can physically play, who's shot. Is like meant to like go in sometimes. I guess I I don't know. I'd be I'd be fine to have him back if there was one thing I'd want to see him add to his game. Um, just I guess like just improve on the things he's already good at. You know, be a more than just like a, a slightly average shooter. Be like you know, 
just be good. Just kind of honestly, he doesn't really need to improve on anything. He's just a solid all around NBA player. I guess get better defensively. Doesn't need to improve. I mean, like <laughs> not doesn't need to doesn't want to bring. Doesn't need to majorly improve. You know, like he's, you want to bring a two way guy onto our roster without improving. Just like you know what I mean. Like he's good. He's solid to good at everything. You know, he's not. There's nothing you can look at with him and say. Oh, he's really bad at that. I know, but like, you, 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 I, I want his shooting to get better. I want him to get worse at everything except for shooting, because otherwise, I don't see what he does for us. I guess I don't know, but um, I that is the end of our list. Um, I think, and and so we've got six. Backcourt players, um, maybe not all of them will be back. And make sure you tune into the next episode to see who might be replacing them. Yeah, um, I think that just about does it for us. So, uh, Luke, where can the people find you? They can find me. I'm, I'm right here. That's that's true, but they don't know where here is. Oh man! You know the right. internet's a big place. You know here could be anywhere. Uh, I'll be putting up a big poster. Hopefully, you can find me. Um, my Twitter handle is at Luke Josh Webb. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Live Luke Warrior. No spaces, no caps, just awesome puns. And then to find my uh, um, public speaking work, just go into Google and look for my uh, playlist, Luke Weber Cancer Activist. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Well, I am Ben Tovia. You can find me uh, Twitter at KarmicBead7193, K-A-R-M-I-C-B-E-A-D-7193. Or if you just look up Ben Tovia, B-E-N-T-O-V-I-A, you should be able to find me. Um, uh, my Instagram is the same, KarmicBead7193. I do post-game lives after every Heat game, though there hasn't been one in a while because obviously there hasn't been a Heat game in a while. But I promise when the season starts back up, um, those will be back as well. So, yeah. Um, but that'll do it for us. Um, I hope you have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. And we'll see you all next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.